I I felt this smile come upon my face that I've never felt ever. It was this smile that radiated from outside, inside, inside, outside. It just radiated from me. And then it was just the most blissful state I've ever, ever experienced. I've never felt joy like that ever. The boundaries of the room I was sitting in were no longer there, but there was nothing in the room. There was nothing. There was no boundaries to the walls. There was no ceiling. And it was like my whole body expanded outwards and I became everything. So it took a very small deep breath in and then I disappeared, basically. I I was gone. I was completely gone. It was, um, there's only memory of it coming back. There was no recognition of it at the time in that state. There's no body. There is no person. There is no consciousness. There is nothing at all. I guess it's akin to the soul leaving the body, if you have, if you can imagine it that way. The soul leaving the body and becoming completely obliterated that it becomes the universe. That is the best way that I could explain it. All right. So today I am pleased to introduce a friend of mine. She was on a recent double barrel non-duality and everybody loved her. We had a lot of comments saying, Hey, bring Kim back and tell us a little bit more about her and all that sort of thing. And uh, we had talked about this in the past as well, about potentially doing a conversation or interview like this. So I want to introduce Kim to the channel and thanks for coming. Hi, Angela. Yeah. Thanks for having me again. It's, um, it's a pleasure being back. Yeah, it's our pleasure. So maybe just start with giving us a little bit of information about you, whatever you think is relevant as far as the awakening process or this, this realization process we always talk about. Um, Give, give us some information that's the, that background that maybe kind of helps us get to know you a little bit and, and where you started. I get, I guess the best place for me to start would be the awakening because that's really what propelled me to where I am now. So I had a sudden awakening, you know, a couple of years ago now. Um, now, before the awakening happened, I was in a place of, I'd basically run out of ideas of what I could do. I didn't know who I was in the world. I didn't know what my purpose was. I didn't know um, what I wanted to do anymore. I'd run out of all these ideas. I I was in a job I wasn't enjoying, um, although I was I was happy, but I'd run out of, um, you know, I needed a purpose in life. And I was at a place where my health was suffering immensely. And I kept thinking, you know, there's got to be more to life than just being born, suffering and dying. So I had these very big questions floating around me. You know, um, there's got to be a purpose to life. There has to be, uh, there's got to be more meaning to life than what there is at the moment. Because, at the, you know, at that point in time, I was living life and I was happy and I was, I was you know, doing everything you're meant to do, I guess, in, in a way. Um, but it didn't have any great meaning behind it. So I started asking, you know, well, what's going on here? 
what is going on? You know, surely life, there has to be more to life than just this. And there was one particular day, you know, I'd just been diagnosed with another um, autoimmune disease and it really just sort of floored me and I just thought, you know, what's going on? Why, why all this suffering? What's the point of it all, you know? It, it, everything just seemed purposeless. So I got home from work one evening and I just sat down and I just thought, you know, I just, I need to find purpose. I need to find what's going on in life. I need to find why I'm here. Very big questions. And I sort of sat down and, and closed my eyes and I was kept asking, I must have a purpose. What's my purpose? I must have a purpose. And then the, then the next question came was, well, if I, if I need to find my purpose, well, first of all, I need to find who I am. So I started really looking at that and I, and I kept saying, well, actually, I have no idea who I am. Who am I? Who am I? Who am I? <laughs> so this question propelled me deeper and deeper into just into itself. Before this, did you have any orientation to or exposure to like self-inquiry or Ramana Maharishi or any kind of you know, something that pointed you to that question of who am I or was it just a totally organic process? Totally organic question. I'd never, you know, I, you know, since awakening, I, I know it's a koan, but before that, nothing at all. Mm. There was, I mean, I'd heard of enlightenment and, you know, but, um, you know, as far as I was concerned, that, you know, um, there was nothing else propelling that question apart from my own self-interest. Really, I wanted to know who I was. It wasn't a, it wasn't a philosophical question for me. It was really like, who am I in the world? Who am I? Mm. <laughs> I really wanted to know. I just because at that point in time, there was just no answers for me. There was nothing coming up, and it was it was really just, well. If I need, if, you know, if I'm going to find my purpose, first of all, I need to find who I am. Mm. That's so, that's just, so, it's so authentic. I mean, it, in a sense, it doesn't get any more authentic than just asking the question like, well, who am I really? Um, and I try sometimes to guide people back to that when I feel like they're, they're trying to answer questions beyond that. But it's like, you really got to go back and look at your fundamental sense of who or what you are and question it, or at least see if you've ever directly accessed it, you know, and it's such a powerful way to orient. Yeah. Yeah. I think uh, there's just not enough people that are asking or, or trying to find out who they are. I think, uh, you know, we, we put an idea on ourselves of who we are or society, you know, tells us who we are, but have you really looked, you know, how many people have really looked for who they are? Mm. But the who who am I was was really on a personal level who am I not a not a um, an absolute level at all it was really well who am I in the world as this person you know um, yeah so I I sort of you know I'd closed my eyes and I it was just kept going around in my mind who am I who am I that was the only question that was there it was just this who am I and I kept asking. Who am I? Who am I? 
who am I? Who am I? So it just, it took me deeper and deeper. And then, um, you know, I had my eyes closed and I saw this tiny glimmer of light in my vision. Now I have a Fantasia, so when I close my eyes, it's black normally. Mm. So when I saw this tiny glimmer of light, it, it was like, oh, my God, what is that? So it propelled me towards this light that I could see. <laughs> so it was like it became really interesting was what's, what is that light that I can see, you know? Um, and then that light started to get bigger and basically I went through it. The light came through me. This huge amount of bliss came over me. I'd, I felt this smile come upon my face that I've never felt ever. It was this smile that radiated from outside, inside, inside, outside. It just radiated from me. And then it was just the most blissful state I've ever, ever experienced. I've never felt joy like that ever. So that that just became the only experience that was there in that moment was just this joy, this, this bliss, this just excitement of what was happening in the moment. And then that sort of died down and that was, that was sort of overtaken with just peace and stillness. And I could see that thoughts were still there. Now thoughts were never really a big problem for me anyway. I could always see behind thoughts. You know, it was the suffering of the, the body that was my suffering. It wasn't thoughts. It wasn't in the mind. It was all physical. It was all, all the body. So in this place of stillness, in this place of, um, I guess I call it equanimity, um, it, it stayed like that for a little while and I, I thoroughly enjoyed it and I stayed there and I stayed there and I stayed there and what what I could feel in that moment is it was almost like the body started to vibrate at such a high rate that it disappeared. Mm. So the body disappeared. Wow. Can I ask you it, about the, the I? So, so the question of who am I? Um, it, once this occurred, do you remember what happened to the question? Was it just completely obliterated? Was there an answer? Was it uninteresting suddenly? Or did you just totally forget about it? The the um the importance of the who am I question got taken over with the light that I could see in front of me. So it was like this natural transition from who am I to this, what is this light? What is that glimmering light in front of me, in my eyes? Because I've never seen anything in my vision before. Mm. Never. It's always black. So to see a light in front of me when I closed my eyes was just, it was incredible. It was miraculous. Like, oh, my gosh, what what is that? So the who am I question just got naturally, it, it wasn't important anymore. Mm, yeah. That's and then it was almost, yeah, yeah. And then it's, it, it sort of went in stages of, um, you know, the, the body started to vibrate and then I noticed that, wow, I actually don't feel my body anymore. I can't feel my body. Where's my body gone? And then, but there was still this, you know, great peace. There was still equanimity there. It was just the body disappeared. And then I noticed that the breaths, the breath started to slow down. So the in breath and the out breath became the same. I couldn't distinguish between the two. 
So the in-breath and the out-breath, they both, they felt the same. Then they started to get really shallow. So that was another, it, it was sort of the, the experience of the time propelled it forward even further and deeper into itself. And it was the interest that kept me there. It wasn't like this is a this is a bad thing or or what's going on. There was no judgments of good or bad. It was just what was happening. Did you feel any fear? Did, was there any fear at any point that you remember or like a resistance to it at all? No fear at all. No, mm -hmm. nothing. Because it was such a it was a blissful state and then it turned into equanimity. So I think when you're in a state of equanimity, there there is no good or bad. Mm -hmm. It's just what is. It's just what it's just what is happening in the moment. So no fear at all. Nothing. Nothing. Yeah. So um, yeah. So the breaths was the breaths were the same. The breaths started to get very shallow, and then everything became very quiet. So at this point, I could still feel the senses of the body, but I wasn't aware that I had a body. But I could still feel all the senses. So I could still hear. I could still, um, you know, feel the sensations uh, from me sitting down and I could still, you know, hear sort of ambient noise, that kind of thing. Um, then everything started to become really quiet, like really quiet. And it was almost like my vision completely opened up. Now, not my vision in my eyes, but I would say where the third eye area is. It opened up and it expanded and it was like the boundaries of the room I was sitting in were no longer there. There was nothing in the room. There was nothing. Now, I still had my eyes closed, but there was nothing in the room. There was nothing. There was no boundaries to the walls. There was no ceiling and it was like my whole body expanded outwards and I became everything but still in a body I became everything you know and that sort of stayed like that for a little while and then um and then it was very apparent that there is absolutely nothing here there is nothing here there's no sound there's no movement there is absolutely nothing in this I guess physical form at all um so that was really intriguing I was still in the mind I was still you know I was still aware of all the senses in the body um and then I remember the last thing I remember before I completely disintegrated disappeared was I took the very I took a tiny breath in now it was the smallest breath that I could fathom because at that point in time the breaths were so shallow that they were barely distinguishable so I took a very small breath in and then I disappeared basically I <laughs> I was gone I was completely gone it was um there's only memory of it coming back. There was no recognition of it at the time in that state. There's no body. There is no person. There is no consciousness. There is nothing at all. But what happened was my being, 
how can I say this? I guess it's akin to the soul leaving the body, if you have, if you can imagine it that way. The soul leaving the body and becoming completely obliterated that it becomes the universe. That is the best way that I could explain it. So I stayed in that state for, I don't know how long, there was no time there. Um, but when I, you know, sort of came out of this state, I realised I'd been sitting there for an hour and a half and it was just completely blew me away. I just, this was like <laughs> what just happened to me. But, I mean, this blissed me out for two full days. I um I didn't know what happened and there were no questions around it, but I was completely gone for two days afterwards. Mm -hmm. And then that really is what propelled me to the awakening journey was what happened to me? What did I just experience? Where did I go? Mm. Where did I go? What happened? And that's, I guess, what led me to where I am now. <laughs> that was just, um, I mean, came out of the blue, out of nowhere. And it, yeah. And then it's just sort of carried itself forward mm. up to right now. Beautiful. Man, that's powerful. So yeah. um, I guess I'm curious maybe over a, a few weeks or a few months after that, what did you find as far as your overall state, like say your emotional state or your physical state? Um, sorry about that. Uh, what did you find as far as changes or were you just more like focused and fixated on what the heck that was and how to, how to reorient to it? Yeah. I mean, the, the two days that I was afterwards was, I cried all the time. I laughed and cried at the same time. I couldn't explain that. That was like such an unknown to me. Like how can you, how can tears be streaming down my face but I'd be laughing at the same time? I was, it was such a joy, joyful state to be in but the tears were rolling down my face. It was like the tears of the universe were just pouring through me. And what it was, I guess, the months after that, it really was what happened to me. What was that? Mm. And I had no idea what it was. The only person I knew that um, might have an answer for me, I went and visited him and he said, oh, it sounds like you've had an awakening. Mm. It sounds like you've gone through the jhanas. And I went, what's an awakening? What do you mean? And he said, I've got a Buddhist monk. You need to go and visit her. So he gave me her number and I went off to um, I went off to the the Buddhist temple and I, I spoke with her and I sort of explained what had happened to me and she goes she goes she goes it's it's okay just let it be what it's going to be from now on and don't get in its way that was really what she said to me she answered all the questions I had because something like that happens to you there's a thousand questions mm. what happened what was it what, where did I go. What was that? What, what do you mean? I when I was the universe. It was a thousand questions, you know. Yeah. Um. So she answered all the questions for me. Obviously, they're all of the mind, but yeah. it was, it was really, you know, put my mind at ease. The mm. fear came in there because I said to her, "Well, what happens if I sit down again and I don't come back from that state?" Because in that state, I had a sense of 
you can go one step further from where I was, which was the universe, so to speak. Now, the one step further would take me in, it would basically be um, the body dying. And that was a fear for me then because it was like, well, what if I get stuck in the, what if I get stuck in that state? Because the, you can't come back. There's no control. It's it, it it's sort of its own entity at that level. Um, and she said, she said to me, it was a really good piece of advice. And she actually said to me, um, she goes, it wasn't your time to go yet. Mm. She goes, if it was your time to go, then you would have left your body. You would have died basically there. So she put my mind at ease, but I was still very much, um, I don't want to ever experience that again just because I'm not ready to die yet, you know? Mm. Um, yeah, and then so that started me on the uh, YouTube awakening, what is awakening. Um, I think the first video that came up when I typed in what is awakening was one of Adyashanti's. So I got sucked down the rabbit hole of um, his videos, which was just incredible um and then i i heard him speaking of non-duality and then i was like what's non-duality <laughs> what does that mean so it was like it was just the most like you say it's the most organic thing it just propelled itself forward and further and further and further into itself um and i was just basically there for the ride <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah. um and then i come yeah so then i was uh, what's non-duality and then i come across your videos um, and that's really where I sort of started um, watching your content as well. Yeah, it, you know, that, I'm reflecting on what you described afterward, after that massive shift and experience and all. And I think that's so typical of, of the mind, like afterward, trying to grab that, whatever that was, and put it back in its own limited perspective. It's like, what was it? How do I define it? What does it mean? What does it mean to me? And it's it's really like when you reflect on it, it's probably pretty laughable because it's not going to get that. There's no way that that limited mind can like get itself around that. And even trying is kind of funny because it's already on its like sort of like funeral pyre. Like it's it's on its way out. But it's like, yeah. it, but it also wants that. It thinks that's great. It like it wants to recreate it as if it could, right? And, yeah. Uh, own, own it and stuff, which is hilarious, but it does yeah. happen. It's very typical. Yeah. 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 And then I think um, what, and then I guess what started happening from there, I noticed there was a lot of visual changes. So I noticed that um, when I'd be driving, the cars were just very flat. There was no dimension to the cars. Uh, the the um, people, when I looked at people, there was, I couldn't sort of see around them and I couldn't see around things anymore. It became very strange and it was like, what's going on here? So it was also another really, really intriguing, like, what is this? You know, why is, why, why are things changing the way they're changing? So that's really, I think, where the, the vision changes started happening for me. And then, you know, along came sound and smell, taste, really all started to become alive. Mm. Um in ways that I just couldn't imagine, mm. couldn't imagine. But, you know, it, it's 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 been a process, you know, it's been two and a half years of me sort of following your videos and, and, and really 
watching Ajishanti's videos as well and really sort of integrating what happened that night into, you know, where where it is now, you know. But I haven't had a lot of suffering come along with it except for the last six months. The last six months it's um it's been pretty rough, but other than that, everything was is sort of just propelled itself, you know, further and further. And Can you talk a little bit about so you talked about when things became flat or like as you said, you can't see around them. They're just like so um I guess almost like in your face or there's no way to make distance anymore. Is that was that accurate? And if so, did you also find that that correlated with a sense of like a loss of you being the central part of everything or the sense of this, the, the me or the, the thought process feeling like it's the center of the whole environment all the time or the most important thing in the environment? Yeah, exactly. I mean, I'll give you an example. I was on the, um, I was sitting on the train one day on the way home from work and I was just looking ahead of me and I noticed that there was one man in particular with long, um, long blonde hair or long gray hair. Um, and I noticed that he wasn't, he was sort of very close to me, but also where he was sitting as well. And it was like, well, it was almost like all of the, all of the edges that we put on things merged together. So then there was no edges to anything. And I couldn't, you know, I could sort of still pick out the colors and I could still sort of say, oh, that's a chair and that's someone's bag. But it was like, yeah, like all the edges all blurred together. Mm. And it wasn't over there and it wasn't over here. It was kind of everything. But at the same time, I realized that there was no body here. Mm -hmm. The body sort of fell away at the same the same moment, the same time. Mm. It kind of all happened together. Yeah, yeah. 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 And, and you talked about the, like the challenges over the last six months. Could you talk a little bit more about that? Um, yeah. Dying. <laughs> <laughs> dying. <laughs> oh yeah. Um, for me, and, and I guess I'll touch into my younger life as well, just to, I guess, put this into context, but I've always had very strong willpower, very strong willpower. And and that comes from being physically ill a lot when I was a child and then all throughout my life. Now, if you don't have physical, if you don't have willpower there, you give up and you'll, you just won't want to live anymore. So I've always had this very strong willpower to just keep going, keep surviving, keep moving forward keep living now awakening for me has shown me time and time again that i have to get to the absolute limits of my willpower in order for an insight to come so everything has to come to a complete end and me completely give up before the next stage develops i suppose the next insight comes um, so before the the fear of death came along, I'd given up. And I think that would have been around maybe June or July of last year. And I walked away 
And I don't think I even spoke to you for a couple of months or I, I hadn't sort of touched base with you for a couple of months. And I, I walked away. I'd given up. I said, I can't do this anymore. I don't know what I'm meant to be doing. You know, fair enough. You know, all these vision changes happening, you know, happened and awakening happened, but it was still really, it was almost still unsatisfactory. And it was still... I couldn't work out what I was meant to be doing. I couldn't work out what the videos were talking about. The videos made no sense anymore. They made all sense and no sense, which I know sounds strange, but they it was just like that. I stopped watching videos. I stopped um, a reading, I, everything. I stopped everything. I'd given up. I said, I don't want to do this anymore. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. I just want to live my life. This has completely taken over my life. As I know it, I am done. I've had enough. <laughs> so I did. So I literally, I did. I walked away. I didn't speak to anyone. I didn't I didn't touch base with you for ages. How um, how well did that how well did that work? Well, I I mean it, Yeah, not very well. It does, it has a life of its own. But what happened was me giving up yeah. brought this massive fear of death. I mean, oh, my God, I'm going to die. Um, what's going on? Um, I, I honestly felt like I was going to die. I didn't know how I was going to die. I didn't know, you know, what 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 was happening or why I was thinking that way because I'd given up. I walked away. But then it came back with a vengeance, right? With, oh no, you're ready to die. You know, <laughs> yeah. you know the thing about the fear of death is so fascinating. Um, for some reason, it, it doesn't come up all the time, but often it comes up early on with people, even before an initial awakening. And they'll say, like, in the, and they believe it fully. Like, I'm not afraid of death. I, I used to be, but I'm not anymore. And it's a very intellectual thing. When we're, what we're talking about is so visceral that all of these identity structures, all of these coping mechanisms are just there to completely prevent you from even knowing it's there at all, much less mm -hmm. coming into contact with it, much less letting it just take you over and feeling it fully. But that fear of death, maybe we could call it the absolute loss of control or something. It is very deeply rooted and it's completely intertwined with the identity structure at the deepest level. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was... You know, I th I don't I don't know how long it was because sort of time's not really time. I can't really sort of grasp time anymore. <clears throat> I can't really say something was a week ago as opposed to last year. It's it, it's just just not there anymore. But I I think that that death just kept coming over me and over me and over me. It must have been maybe two or three weeks of just intense. Uh, dying process so there was a lot of um there was a lot of crying there was a lot of grief and oh my god i had to have days off work because the 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 grief the tears were so uncontrollable they the tears were just doing what they were doing they were just streaming down my face it was rivers of tears and there was so much grief here that the question came up 
what what am I grieving? What am I sad to lose? What do I feel like I'm going to lose here? You know, why is there grief here? And that sort of brought a bit of clarity of, well, there's nothing, experience is very empty. And it was seeing through the me structure, it was seeing through the self. It was seeing through that I was actually a person with willpower, with any choices here. It was seeing through all of that. And it was a grieving of who I thought I could have been, should have been, might have been. That purpose that initially sent me down that awakening journey got obliterated. There is no purpose here. But what's here now, you know, that's really hard to hear, I think, because we like to think that we are someone in the world, something in the world, but it's so much deeper than that. It's not like we're nothing at all. We're actually everything and nothing at the same time. And and I guess that's really what came came online with that with that that dying process so that sort of played it played itself out and that that I think that was the most intense suffering I've ever felt and that was sort of two three weeks of intense suffering every single day there was no breaks in between there was no there were no rest days it was constant all day from the minute I woke up to the minute I went to sleep that's all there was was grief sadness tears I remember it I remember it really well and I knew you know I like I remember saying what I could to comfort you but at the same time it's it it does have to play itself out as a very physical experience very energetic but you're right in that somehow it starts to clarify that like what I'm actually grieving is something that never was it's the strangest Mm -hmm. thing but yeah, the body still has to process it somehow, or the energetic body has to process it. And it's just so tragic. And at the same time, what it finally reveals, man, you just said so much. And so in the short time there, but what it finally reveals is like what you really always wanted, which is just to just naturalness to see, see it as it is, which is indescribable, completely mysterious and indescribable. And yet like really intimate and obvious too. And right in front of your face and unpredictable and always dying and always alive and fascinating and and also unmoving and mysterious and innocent you know it's so beautiful and it's just this and and it's also just gone 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 yeah um yeah but the only thing just dying yeah over and over and over you know it's almost like I, i sort of reflect back on it now and it's I guess, you know, I, I dropped into the um, I am sense about two weeks after that initial awakening. You know, I was watching, um, what was I, after I sort of started searching what is awakening, I come across um, Swami Swami G and one of his videos and he was telling the 10 friends story. I don't know if you're familiar with the 10 friends story. I don't think I am. No. I'll, I'll, 
I'll give you, I'll, I'll let you know what it is. It's a very, very nice story. It's an old, uh, you know, Advaita Vedanta story. And it's these 10 friends standing on the uh, edge of the river. And they were, we, we need to get across the Ganges River. We need to get to the other side. So they go, okay, so they all jump into the river and they swim across to the other side. And one of the men say, well, we need to make sure that everyone's here. So let me count. We make sure everyone's here. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. There's only nine friends that made it across the river. So another guy, so another man said, no, 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 let me count, let me count. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Oh, no, we've lost the 10th man. We've lost the 10th man. He drowned, he drowned, he drowned. Um, a wise old man comes along and he says, what's going on here, friends? Why, why, uh, why is... Um, what, why are you all so sad? And the group of men said, oh, we had 10 friends. We all swam across the river and we lost one of our friends along the way. The wise old man said, no, 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 let me count. And he counts. He goes, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. 10. He goes, no, no, you're all there. And then the men are like, no, 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 we counted. There's only nine friends. One died. So the wise old man, he counts again. He says, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. He points the hand back to the man that says, 10, you're the 10th man. Now, in that moment, the 10th man says, oh, I am the 10th man, right? It's a beautiful story. I don't do it any justice here, but I had this recognition that, oh, my God, I am, I am that. I, I am that. I am presence. And it was such a profound moment for me was this I am sense. And I stuck with that I am sense and I associated, I thought I was that I am sense for, well, until it disappeared. Because I think what happens when we have that I am sense, we go, oh, yes, I am that. I am consciousness. I am presence. I am that. But what we don't realise is that consciousness is stuck in a vessel. It's stuck in a vessel and we intentionally put it into that vessel when we say i am that mm -hmm. now that also had to be seen through to be released and you can say i am that but that doesn't mean anything anymore to me mm -hmm. right yeah that i am sense is not there anymore it's beyond consciousness Consciousness only has a specific limit to it. And then we need to go beyond it. That is so important what you just said. And the I am sense itself, especially when it's very strong and for whatever reason, the conditions of that person or whatever are really resisting seeing through it, then it can become, it can become a whole spiritual movement. Uh, and you know, I am consciousness. Everything is, everything is made out of the rocks are made out of consciousness. And, but what, what that view doesn't see is how actually egocentric it is. Um, and it, it can't imagine anything beyond itself. Of course it can't because it's trying to use the lens of I am or, or being something. It's trying to yeah. use that lens to understand reality, but you don't realize you, that lens can actually drop out. If you keep questioning and when that lens drops out a whole different ball game, it's a whole, it's, yeah. it's completely indescribable.
Absolutely. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, and yeah, as I you think said, we, go ahead. Yeah. I was just going to say, if we're hanging on to that, if we're hanging on to that I am sense, like that's all there is, you're really limiting who you are because it can, you can be so much more than that. And it's justified to be more than that. It yeah. should be more than that. It, it, it's, I think even being stuck in the I am sense, there is still, there is still suffering. You go beyond the I am sense, there is no suffering. So although I, um, I still have um, my sort of, you know, autoimmune diseases, there is absolutely no suffering with that at all. And if you are a person that's had extensive physical suffering, health problems, whatever, health issues, it's almost unfathomable, unfathomable to see beyond that that can actually disappear. The suffering of that can disappear. Now, I have suffered with health issues my whole life. Well, since I was about six months old, every day. And to now sit here and say that there is no suffering, it's like heaven on earth. It's such a relief. So I just want everyone to know that it can go beyond your suffering, whether you're suffering physically, mentally, it can go beyond that. Mm. Beautifully stated. You know, I also want to say you go beyond it by going directly into the core of it, which it's is what you described that lasted a few weeks for you in that. I mean, it's, it's actually after the first awakening often what happens is we just touch into deeper and deeper levels of suffering. We touch in and then we try to expand and we try to re-identify and then we, our capacity for experience increases and we, we re react less to things. And then we get to a deeper level of resistance and, and suffering, but there is a core of suffering and it ends up being the, the most the beautiful thing we have because it's guiding us in the whole way until we investigate it so directly, we see exactly what you said, that there's, there's still that I am, the I am sense or the, the perception of a discrete self, for lack of a better way of saying it, is actually synonymous with suffering because it's not true. It's not actually yeah. there. But yeah. we exert a lot of energy and cause a, cause us attention all the time in our energetic body by trying to preserve it, by trying to preserve right. ego boundaries, preserve self boundaries. It's actually a huge project, and it and it turns our attention inward in a way that becomes self centered and distracts us from what you're talking about. Which I don't talk about a lot because I don't want people to seek it. But it's true. You it opens you to a world or a, or a infinite worlds beyond the self that is your birthright in in a sense it's it's actually accessible of course to everyone yeah but you really got to investigate everything at the deepest level all the identity and anything you take absolutely yeah yeah oh yeah there's no there's no uh, short way around it is is the only way i got through this to where i am now is by going into it deeper and deeper and deeper you know and if there's you know like um if there was sadness there, it was like, why am I sad? What am I sad about? If there was grief there, well, what, 
what do I, what am I grieving? If, you know, any sort of triggers come up, it was directly going straight into it. Why is this triggering me? Why is this upsetting me? Why, you know, there's, there's a lot of why questions that you can answer, especially to do the emotion work. And I, I guess for me in particular, why questions take me deeper and deeper into my own experience takes me deeper and deeper into the mind. Why why did why did that person trigger me or why 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 did I have a reaction about that event in particular or you know why am I angry right now or why is there uh, fear right now? So it is going like you said directly into it into the suffering. All the way into the suffering until you can't go any further into it. Now, once what happens is once you get to the bottom of that suffering, then there's no other way to come out but up, up out of it. Mm. Mm. But there's no easy way through it. Yeah, and, and also it's even though we're talking about it in a very direct way, and your story sounds very rather direct, and it well, probably is overall, but. I also know it's very non-linear, like just so, so anyone listening understands, like you won't always know right where you're going. You won't feel like, oh, I'm going to the next level of suffering. You'll feel like you don't know where the hell you're going. And, you know, this is taking over your life and that's okay too. It's a, There's also a massive surrender aspect to it. Yeah. And sometimes in retrospect, it does look like clockwork. It's like amazing how things lined up, but when you're in it, it doesn't feel linear most of the time. No, not at all. I mean, I I went through periods of um I I hated what happened to me. I hated awakening. I didn't ask for that because it, it did bring on a lot of uh, intense suffering at times and it completely took over my life and I had no control of what was happening and I I got to a point where I was so tired of seeking. I was seek I was reading and I was watching videos all the time. And I was so tired of it and I was so sick of it that I remember saying, I don't want to seek anymore. I'm so tired of this. Why do I keep seeking? And what am I seeking? What am I looking for? Mm -hmm. You know, I don't even know what I'm looking for. It, it, and at the time, you don't know what you're doing. Yeah. You really have no idea what you're doing at the time. You know, but looking back, you can you can sort of say, yeah, it went this way and this way and this way. But yeah, at the time, it, it's like you're thrown into a um, thrown into a mixing tub, and you don't know where you're coming out. You yeah, really don't. It's really like the cosmic joke because when you're in it, you can't know what you're doing. You, you the mind will try to make something out of it. Oh, I'm seeking, but you're constantly getting that cut off because you know you're not getting anywhere, and you can feel you're pulling your own rug out. And some, but something's driving this. Like it's an obsession, right? It's powerful. Yeah. And the mind will keep trying to co-opt it. I'm doing it. I'm the seeker. I'm the spiritual one. What am I getting out of it? And that just keeps feeling completely unsatisfying. And there's something else driving it. There really is, you know, but it's driving it in a yeah. way that won't feel linear. It won't make sense most of the time. But that the benefit of what we were talking about before of going beyond, finally going beyond the self-structure is then it's actually really obvious. It's like, oh yeah, it's like clockwork. This is why when I talk to people- yeah usually I can pick up pretty quickly, like how they're oriented. Like, is, are they really authentic about this? You can't, you can't fool reality. Like reality knows and you don't mess with it. Like 
don't ask, don't make the prayer that all I want is unfiltered reality, no matter what it costs me until you're ready to do that, because you're going to be, you're going to be grist for the mill. And absolutely. It will take you, (laughs) it will take you again and again and again, and it will take you to places you don't want to go, but you have no choice but to go. And I think surrender is a really good word to be using. You know, I mean, I even had questions of, well, I hear all these videos and I hear Angelo say, let go, let go, surrender, surrender. Oh, you know, what does let go even mean? What does surrender mean? These were questions that I had to answer for myself. Letting go, well, what, what do I have to let go of? Now, that took me so long to answer. What does surrender mean in letting go? It took me a long time to work out what exactly that was. And again, it had to exhaust my willpower in order for me to actually see what surrender was and realize what let go was. Now, letting go and surrender means whatever's here right now is all there needs to be here, it's all there can be here. There is nothing else but what's here. And, you know, the ego doesn't take that line down. The ego, you know, I want to do something with that. (laughs) Yeah. You know, but it was. It was like, well, stopping and seeing that you're really only one thought away from enlightenment at any moment, Mm. any moment. Mm. But it's stopping enough, it's slowing down enough to go, I have to accept what's right here, right now. Now, what's here right now isn't in a video. It's not in a book. It's not in a teacher and it's not in a person. It's not anywhere but what's here right now. That's letting go. That's stopping. And it's not letting the ego or the mind come in and go, no, 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 I I can work it out. I know what letting go is. (laughs) I know what surrender is. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, it's it's looking at all of these processes for me was a lot of why questions for me. Why this, why that? Mm. Yeah. How does how does the the sort of emotion field feel for you now? Emotion. Uh, it's hard. It's hard to I guess pick an emotion because emotions associated with a person, a self. Yeah. But I guess the overall state of being is very light and very uh, joyful. Um, like I said, the suffering's not there. Not saying that um, there can't be suffering and there can't be any emotions. Of course, there can still be emotions, you know. Um, but it's very light and very joyful. Mm. Yeah, I find the same. It, yeah. it gets it gets rather empty, but you know that could have negative connotations. It's it's empty in the most beautiful way. Um, there's nothing missing. There's nothing that's gone that was there before. But the the storyline that it's about a person is gone. The the storyline that the 
the, the emotions about a story and a person and a struggle and a past and a future, it's just not entertained. This, this, they yeah. can only be thoughts. And then it's it's so direct. Everything is so direct that it empties itself out again and again and again. It's like, in, yeah. it, it, it feels like penetration, like endless penetration, like inward, but it's also has an expansive experience to, to sort of, there's, I might say just the integration and disintegration are in perfect balance everywhere in the universe. And that's how it is. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And it's realizing that um, if you're trying to grab this moment, well, good luck trying to grab it. It's, you know, <laughs> it's just going to keep moving and evolving and you don't want to be stagnant either. You want it to keep moving, mm. to keep moving, keep growing, keep, keep evolving, keep, um, you know, moving forward with everything, you mm. know. You don't want to be stagnant and stuck in one place and grabbing grabbing this moment and making this moment all there is because it's not. It will keep changing. Yeah. And maybe that's a little bit, um, you know, destabilizing to the mind, to the ego, but. Yeah. You know? Yeah, it is at first, but over time it, it starts to feel so natural because the moment you, you know, you can't really grab this moment, but as soon as it seems to be grabbed, turns into something, that something it turns into is not only not what's happening, it's what's conditioned by like preconceptions and thought. So it, it turns into something very unreal, actually. It's like very distanced, very disassociated. Uh, and then the moment, you know, you just reorient to just this exactly as it is appearances exactly as they are without taking any stance or position or grabbing or pushing away mm. it's like wow you're like you said what you're at any point one thought or one doubt away from enlightenment it's just right here always yeah. right here yeah always yeah and it's letting go into that as well you know it's letting go into that and and really accepting it how it is i mean really yeah yeah. yeah. And anything, there's no, that's what freedom is, is there's no boundary to what could occur. There's no framework at all. There's no map. And so it's this just infinite freedom. Um, yeah. Yeah. And what more could you want than that? <laughs> like, you know, it's, it's, it's fine looking back on, my life or our lives you know it's fine looking back on all that and it does seem like a, a a story that we had to play through and the suffering that we go through is it needs to be here and all the the bad experience that you have need to be here in order to break that open and make it into something bigger. Yeah. You know, and it it really is, you know, quite extraordinary how, you know, suffering can end. It's not something you can chase either. It, it, the, the whole process needs to play out. The ego needs to play its play its little games and um, we need to sort of see beyond everything that our mind comes up with in order to just keep moving forward, you know. Yeah. 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 <clears throat> well, anything else you'd want to tell anybody who's either had that shift out of the blue or is just engaging this process at whatever level and and going through it? Um, any any advice or pointers or support? Yeah. 
Yeah, I think just um, it's really sort of if you have an emotion that's coming up or if you have fear that comes up, any of that, accept it for what it is and almost put put all your attention into that emotion at that time or put all your everything you've got in your being into whatever's happening in that moment, whether it's grief or whether it's sadness, whether it's, you know, anger, fear. Put everything you've got into it and go right into it. Don't avoid anything. It's avoiding, avoiding will just keep, the, you know, the, the process going on and on and on. It's really just seeing everything as it is right now and accepting it. It might not be comfortable, but that's where the surrender is, is accepting what's happening in the moment and right now, mm. regardless of what's here. You have to go through it. You have to sit in it for a while, you know, Yeah. stay in it. Yeah. Yeah. Just a matter of meeting experience not disassociating, not distracting. Yeah. And the inquiry is sort of the active reversal of distraction in a way. What is this? Why? Why am I triggered? You know, it just orients you right into the the mechanism that needs, yeah. it just needs to be seen clearly. That's it. You know, yeah. more and more and more clearly and it, it'll pay off in yeah. ways that will surprise you, but yeah. Yeah. And even sort of, questions you know oh i'm angry again why am i always angry well that's a great question isn't it <laughs> you know what i mean it's it is it's, it's really sort of looking at you know the frustration behind the ego will always go oh why am i angry again or why am i why am i experiencing sadness again oh i'm never gonna get this i'm never gonna get it well you know you can just sit in and go well what are you trying to get what are you trying to understand <laughs> you know yeah. um and i think you know although the i am sense does does eventually disappear it is it's really what carried me forward was going back to the i am sense all the time because for me i really didn't know what was going on or what i was meant to be doing or how i was meant to be doing it but for me, it was always going back to that I am sense. It was going back to silence. So in any moment that you are confused, go back to silence. Can you find your absence? Can you find stillness? Always go back to the I am sense because that's really what carried me forward was just sitting in that I am sense. Anytime there was confusion or frustration, it was looking at the emotions, but it was also always touching back into I am sense. And I think uh, it, it, it is very important, you know, and again, that I am sense plays out like another emotion, really. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's an appearance. Um, it, it, I, I, I agree with you. Uh, and Nisargardata agrees with you. Uh, he said his teacher, you know, told him to rest in the I am sense, essentially, 
and he did for several years or a handful of years, and he was liberated. And then later he did say, if you regress properly, the I am sense will disappear. And so he said it just like that. And I think it, it, I think it is very valuable, actually. And I think it can be overlooked sometimes through people who um, approach Buddhism too doctrinally, too literally, and they, mm. they kind of reify an idea of no self before they've even realized the I am sense. And that's not yeah. helpful because it's just so counter to your experience. And also to really, you can't understand no self. You have to, you have to die into it. You have to get right into contact with, with existential terror. And until you mm. do, it's going to be, it's be conceptual. So rather orient yourself to the I am sense, which will be the totality of presence as you clarify it. And then presence absolutely. will help you penetrate beyond the I am sense. Yeah, absolutely. And I think I even had questions around, well, what is this I am sense? You know, for me, it was like, well, okay, I am that, but there's consciousness aware of I am that. So then it's letting go of the consciousness aspect of being conscious. That makes probably no sense, but um, that's what it was for me. It was like, well, hang on. Consciousness is just another sense, like any other sense in the body. And it was like, well, if consciousness is, is seen as another sense, then it can be seen through you know so it can all those inquiry questions can keep going further and further and further mm. but yeah dying dying into it and past it <laughs> yeah yeah i mean i can look back now and laugh but it really does feel like a death it feels like the body dies mm. being dies soul dies everything dies yeah, and you you can't even in a way this kind of dying you can't even escape it through through the physical death. Physical death would almost be preferable in that in that experience because you're wide awake dying. Something's yeah. wide awake dying. Yeah, it's really, really wild. Yeah, um, I have a question may may not be relevant or whatever, but I'm curious the that the light that came when you had that first shift that was obviously not an imagined light because you don't imagine um, in, in the ways that we talk about with like visual imagery, did that return or do you have experience of that anymore? Because I, I personally, when you said that I related to it, like it doesn't happen all the time, but sometimes even when I was just talking to you here, it was starting to happen. It happens during retreats a lot. Sometimes it happens when I lay to go to sleep and it's just, I can't explain it because it's not normal light. It's, it's the totality yeah. of everything and nothing being so merged into this, it's just pure light. It feels like, I don't even know what it, like Godhead or, or yeah. divine light, or it's so hard to explain because it's not an experience and it's energetic. Um, yes. Very powerful. Yes. It, it's always still there. Not all the time. When I close my eyes, I, I see the universe so I can see directly into space. Now, this isn't in the, I mean, I can have periods where, I, you know, I can close my eyes and it's still black. You know, I still mm -hmm. have that aphantasia. It's still black. But sometimes as well, it's like looking straight into the universe. And it's 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 getting blown open into the universe again mm -hmm. when I close my eyes. 
Now it can also still be here when my eyes are open. And it's like this beautiful warm light that kind of overcomes me, comes through through the eyes and through the body and it just sort of overtakes me sometimes. So it's definitely still there and never went anywhere. Yeah. I was just going to say it's also there with eyes open. And yeah. Like, I mean, it is right now. And sometimes when I'm looking at people's faces, sometimes I'm looking at just an inanimate objects. Um, yeah. It's like, you're just seeing through the entire universe. You're seeing the entire universe. It's one of those things I don't talk about a lot because I know some people think it's just totally bizarre and, and impossible <laughs> and other people yeah. are going to like seek it and chase it as a, as a mystical experience. And it's, it's neither of those. I mean, it sounds a little bit woo woo. I mean, yeah. I'll, I'll be the first to admit that because I mean, before I had my awakening, I'd basically thrown out all of all the religions and every, you know, every way people orient themselves, I'd thrown all that away. Now to hear someone say you are the universe or I can see the universe would be like, oh my God, what are they talking about? <laughs> <laughs> They're completely nuts, you know? Mm. Um, but yeah, to experience it is is on another level. And really when you when we hear the old sages say, you know, or you are the universe or you're made up of the universe. It really is true. Now, you can only get there by experiencing that and doing the hard work. Yeah. Yeah, I would I would suggest anyone listening to this do exactly what you said at the beginning of that statement, which is throw it out, like throw all the mystical stuff out, the, the stuff you've heard, and don't take anything on belief and and turn it into seeking in your mind. Just keep doing the work. Keep doing the investigation be curious, be vigilant, don't accept a thought and a belief without questioning it damn closely and just remain in experience, remain in this, this experience, which will always be changing, ever flowing, ever fluctuating and be okay with the fact that you can, you can be here fully without holding on to any of it. That mm. the letting go part is huge in this whole process. There's a lot of grief. Yeah. Um, it's even letting go of knowledge as well. You know, because you, what I think what most people try and do is they're chasing an insight. Well, you can never force an insight to happen. An insight only happens when we stop and surrender. You know, um, yeah. what we do, we, ch we chase enlightenment, we chase insights, but and what happens in that in in chasing enlightenment, chasing insights is we. Uh, we accumulate this knowledge thinking that we're going to understand what awakening is with knowledge. Well, you have to go beyond all the knowledge that you've ever accumulated, everything you've ever read, everything you've ever watched. You need to go beyond all of that. Because even, even when we sit here and we speak, what I'm saying isn't coming from anywhere the words just, you know, appear by themselves. It doesn't come from knowledge. It doesn't come from knowing something. You can't awaken from, you know, accumulating, you know, all this information in your head because it's just going to clog you up. 
it's going beyond yeah going beyond everything you've ever known and realizing that you know even when we speak or whatever we have to talk about it's just coming from I don't know where it's coming from it's just coming from nowhere mm-hmm. you know and sometimes that's why I pause between sentences is because there's nothing there and I need to wait for it to come through to to say it it doesn't come from knowledge yeah there's gaps between words to let the information flow through that's 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 exactly my experience when I, especially when I'm talking in in this way or talking in a non-dual way, even to the camera who, for whoever picks this up when they watch my video. Um, I've had people ask, like, if you're not speaking from knowledge, where does it come from? And that's the best way I can explain it is it literally comes one word at a time. I remember <laughs> learning, I remember learning not too long ago that the way large language models like chat GPT and the big AI models that come up with all these great answers based on their internet learning they they do they do learn billions and billions of data points from 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 you know their their library and so forth but the way they actually synthesize the answer to the question you ask is literally one word at a time they literally just all that data comes together as one word then the next word then the next word and i was like that's exactly my experience you know when i'm sitting here speaking and yeah sometimes especially when you first start speaking in, in a non-dual way or whatever there can be long gaps between words and some people find it off-putting because it's strange. Other people tune right in. They can feel what's going on. Mm. Um, yeah. 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 So, you know, when uh, I think Eckhart Tolle, he has, is it Eckhart or, or Rupert Spira have big gaps between words, but I know what's going on there, you know, <laughs> Yeah. waiting for it to come through, waiting for it to sort of load into the system, I say, I guess, to to yep. then speak it. You yeah. Know. And, and, and it's also exactly the way everything appears. So it's, it's the way sound appears and the way forms and, and shapes appear, not that they actually form, but it's the same pace. Actually, it's the cadence of reality coming into being appearances. At least I'm not sure anything's coming into being appearances appearing. It has a pace and a cadence to it. And then the yeah. words sort of match it. Like they seem to just pop the way reality's popping. Yeah. And even, you know, like, um, I think one of the funny things at the moment is uh, movement. It's like movement, it just keeps, uh, if I'm walking, <laughs> it's, it's almost like the environment is, keeps turning in on itself, like this kind of an action. Yeah. Like there's forward and, you know, I'm moving forward, but the environment is moving towards me as well. So it's this, this constant um rotational aspect when i move so really nothing's moving at all yeah yep it's like everything is just coming out of nowhere and back into itself yeah that's how, how I, I was recently it. noticing this driving because people ask a lot or i've had the question a few times lately how do you is it hard to drive when non-dual realization comes upon you and all that and i was so i was like noticing as i was driving like how i might describe it and it's like I almost, it's almost like there's nodes, like there's a node that is like strange, but it's like the hands on the wheel. The sensation is the same as the color of the truck over there. And the sense of distance that's somehow judged by the mind is like another node. That's also, I can feel it in the body and the sky. It's all these nodes like coming together in this non-dualistic kaleidoscopic one doing, and it's completely effortless. 
it's like kind of magic that it actually works the way it does. Um, yeah. When you first transition into non-dual, if everything suddenly goes flat or something, yeah, you probably have to be a little careful for a while as far as judging distance and so forth. But it's really quite fascinating how it works when you see through form, when you see through actual existence. It's yeah. really wild. Yeah, it's just a wild process all up. <laughs> My opinion, definitely, you know, definitely worth it though. Yeah. To be out of um, to be out of a suffering body is is indescribable. Just the relief of of that, you know. Yeah, actually, the one thing I wanted to ask you that I haven't asked you about is is the pain, the chronic pain. Many people along this process have it. Many people have it who aren't waking up necessarily some certainly more than others um that's an area that that's been with you through your entire life in various forms what advice would you give somebody who maybe isn't deep in realization they're interested perhaps but they're really just struggling with pain on a daily basis what, what kind of like just general advice would you give somebody like that i think the, the best way to answer that is, and it's really, it's really hard to do, but in the moments of intense suffering, body, bodily suffering, it's, it's not resisting it. It's, you know, I have moments where I'd be sitting on the bathroom floor just in agonising pain. And instead of going, oh, I hate this pain, I hate this pain, I hate this pain, it was going into right into the pain and feeling the sensations of it. Because, and, and it's the same with emotion work, but if you can get to the depths of the suffering, then it can be released, but it is going so deep into the body and so deep into all the sensations that you're almost screaming in pain to get out of the body. You're screaming in absolute torture. It can feel like that. It can be excruciating sometimes going into the body that deep, but that's where that's where the relief comes to. And what I didn't realise is that all those years of, of physical suffering I didn't realize how much resistance was there to the suffering or to the body. And it wasn't until sort of, you know, much later down the line for me with awakening that I I, I had to go right into the body. And it is, it's feeling the pain, you know, whereabouts can you feel the pain in your body? Let's say you can feel the pain in your in your legs. It's feeling that pain so intensely that it overtakes you, that it completely consumes your body. And it's feeling pain to that level that it can be released. And there's, you know, the mind will want to resist it, but the, if you can go into the pain that deep, it can turn into a pleasurable sensation. But again, you have to go all the way into it. You have to feel it down to your bones. You have to feel it right to the core. And if you can feel pain that deeply, it can be released. 
Beautiful. I, f- I find the same thing uh, over the years working with people in pain and clinical situations with my own pain. Um, I had different kinds of back pains and headaches. Those were more of the chronic pain I had between awakening and I don't know, 15 years after awakening or something. Um, but when I would ask a simple question, like, is there actually resistance here somewhere? Because it's not obvious that there's resistance, but you can have a massive amount of resistance to the pain amplifying the pain without noticing it and just asking, oh my gosh, there is resistance to this. Sometimes that'll really change your orientation to it such that you can go down into it. And when you first start doing it, it it will feel more intense at first because the mind can't do much, but it can disassociate. And the, the immediate effect of disassociation is it's kind of distracting. It's like you almost, you're still feeling it, but the identity's running from it when using a lot of energy to do it. And maybe in the moment, it makes you feel a little better because you're just distracting, but an accumulation of lifetime of doing that, it just accumulates a lot of resistance and it, and then the pain, the energetics behind the pain need to be expressed and they start coming through very intensely. So, um, at first it might be rather intense, but over time, it's exactly like you described it. Just, it's okay to let whatever's moving through, take over this physiology for a period of time. Like, yeah. Yeah, and you're absolutely right there is is I don't think we realize how much, you know, when we have pain in our body, how much we actually distract ourselves. You know, that was a really big thing for me was, um, you know, if there was sort of pain or suffering in the body is how can I get out of this pain? I don't want to feel it. How can I get out of it? So, you know, I'd be endlessly distracting myself to do something different so I could forget about the pain or disassociate from the pain that never worked that never worked that never got me out of suffering it's only going into it and like I said that you know that the suffering or the pain in the moment it can be physical or or emotional suffering is to let it completely consume you completely take over your whole being so it releases Mm -hmm. the only way out is in yeah an old saying but it's so true yeah all right well thank you so much for this conversation and maybe we can do something like it again thank you for the double barrel non-duality people were loving that um if you haven't seen it check it out as well kim uh, was with me for Double Barrel in December of 2023. So check it out. Also, she has a YouTube channel that's recently started up um, and you can find it and check it out. It's called Life is Wise. Uh, and if you go to, the way I found it was actually because it's kind of a smaller channel, type it in as one word, Life is Wise under YouTube search and it'll pull you right into her channel. There's a nice sunrise probably, or maybe a sunset. And she's got some nice shorts here called uh, Are You in a Body? The Doors of Perception, etc. So go check that out and uh, check out Kim's work. I'm sure there's more to come. So, yeah. Thank Thanks you, for Kim. having me, Angelo. My pleasure. Thank you so much. <laughs>